Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Ed And the show, we've got another case study Sunday. Ed, we've actually cycled through all of our financial advisors and we've got Stevie Wearing back on the show. Stevie, welcome along. Thanks for having me back. Now, Stevie, who are we talking about today for this case study Sunday? So today we're going to talk about a lady which I'm going to call Alice. Um, she is 50 years old. She's single and she came to me about 18 months ago after recently going through a divorce. So her and her husband were building up a bit of a property portfolio together. They split off and she ended up with almost a freehold house and having to essentially start again. Okay, so she still had a little bit of a mortgage on her own home afterwards? About $100,000. Okay, so good equity, but not a lot of other assets, I presume? Absolutely, and sort of feeling as though she really had to start again. So it did feel like a bit of an uphill battle for her. So she really wanted to talk about whether it was even possible to sort out her retirement. What did she do for work? She's a logistics manager. Oh, yeah, okay. And Stevie, how old was she when she got divorced? She was, I think they split around mid-40s, and then it took a while. Oh, that's tough, isn't it? Because I imagine if she came out of it with almost a freehold house, they would have had some reasonable assets. They would have paid off the mortgage. You know, they would have had quite a nice house. They perhaps would have had some other assets. And now you've got half of what you had. Exactly. So it felt like they'd been working for a long time together and then she was starting all over. And I didn't quite catch the age where you met her. How many years did she have between when you first met her and when she wanted to retire? 15 years. 15 years, so a relatively short runway at that stage. Stevie, what were her goals? What did she say that she wanted to actually achieve? So the biggest goal was making sure that we were still on track for paying off her freehold home. Yep. When we had the conversation, that was going to be her home for the foreseeable future. She wasn't particularly interested in upgrading her home. She was quite happy with it. It was in the area that she wanted, but really it was understanding that, hey, government super isn't going to be sufficient in funding her lifestyle in retirement. She wanted to travel. She'd become a lot more social. She really wanted to explore the world. So that was a big goal for her. So the mortgage, I mean, she's got 15 years to pay it off of 100 grand, so it's not too bad, but was she paying it at an aggressive rate? Absolutely. So she was putting all of her extra funds essentially towards her mortgage to get it down as quickly as possible. I think she had about seven years left. Okay, which is great. But then, of course, you get to the end of that seven years and you've got eight years to retirement and then you start to panic a bit. Exactly. And she was already feeling that somewhat, so just wondering what was going to happen. I mean, she was earning well, Yes. what happens when that stops? And that's actually a situation that I've dealt with quite a few investors with. They are very diligent in paying off their mortgage, which is great, but sometimes put everything else on the back burner until that's finished. And sometimes investment needs to run simultaneous to things like paying down your mortgage faster. And yes, you might have to contribute to an investment for a few years, but it's better to have an investment for as long as possible, right? Exactly. And I think something that she was going through is something I see quite a lot where she's in a superannuation fund through the government where they're they're giving her sort of 8%. So her superannuation is growing quite quickly. Awesome. But it's not going to provide her with enough income. It still lasts the first 10 years, maybe. Exactly. Okay, and so what did you work out in Wealth Plan? So what we figured out is we looked at a Wealth Plan. She needed five properties over the next eight years to be able to achieve a goal of 125000 per year. Okay, is that the nest egg or is it the golden goose? When I met with her, we actually only focused on, on one goal, which was 
The nest egg. The nest egg. So, so retiring comfortably. What we wanted to do is figure out how we were going to build up enough assets so that she could sell them off and live off them in retirement. Yep. And so five properties sounds like a big number when you're starting out investing, but this is over an eight-year period, which making it more stage makes it more manageable, right? Absolutely. She's a really good example of it being quite a confronting meeting when mm. we first sat down. It had to be somewhat aggressive. She wanted a quite a decent income for one person, right? 125k but she understood that we needed to get moving. And I think earlier this week we spoke about how much you need in retirement. And one thing that I think sometimes investors or new investors, the mistake they make is if the number's too big, they don't do anything or they just refuse to even think about it. Whereas let's say this lady ends up buying three properties. Well, great, you're three-fifths of the way there anyway. So that's better than 0% of the way there. Exactly. And even if it was three-fifths of the way there, she would still have a comfortable retirement. Yeah. Maybe she wouldn't be travelling every single year, yes. but she would be a lot more comfortable than she would be just on her superannuation. And Stevie, based on what she was doing without property, if she just continued doing what she was doing, what sort of level of income would she have had just based on where her current actions would take her? She wanted 125, but what was she on track for? She was on track for just over $40,000 per year. Does that include the New Zealand superannuation? Yeah. Oh, including NZ Super? Yep. God, that's pretty confronting, isn't it? (laughs) And so where did you start? So we talked about the markets at that time. She was very, very set on Auckland. So we looked at some Auckland options. We worked really closely with a mortgage broker. So that was important, looking at how she was paying off her mortgage at the moment, how she was directing all of her funds toward her mortgage. And we sat down and we made a plan because sometimes we need to stop paying as much into our mortgage, which can be really scary. Yes. Um, but from a banking and a lending perspective, that's the way that we need to do it. So with the triple CFA, one of the big changes is looking and assessing it how you manage your cash flow. Now, paying down your mortgage is a huge advantage financially, but then the bank counts it as a servicing issue when you go to apply for more lending, ironically enough. And so this is where maybe using a different structure like a revolving credit where you can redraw that money and you're making lump payments that are a bit more flexible can help you from a servicing perspective. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Yep. That's exactly right. So we worked really closely with that to make sure that we're still on track to pay off our mortgage. Maybe we're on track to pay it off a little bit slower, but for the greater good, that's okay. Yep. Was she seven years to pay off her mortgage? I mean, even if that went out to nine years, but you got into an investment property or or a couple of investment properties, that's way more beneficial in the long term, right? Exactly. And myself working quite closely with their mortgage broker and us all communicating was quite beneficial for her. It made it feel a lot more comforting that we were all on the same page. We're actually trying to achieve the same thing. So she actually was very brave and she went in and she bought two properties. Wow. And this was back at a time where you could probably do that a little bit easier than today. (laughs) Yep. So she bought two townhouses in Auckland, different areas, different number of bedrooms. They're very, very different properties with different tenants. And she settled on one of them. One is almost coming up to settlement now. Awesome. Is that the uh, James Lowry development? No, so it was Hall Ave. Oh, yep. That was what she settled on, and then Fruitvale. Awesome. Oh, those Fruitvale ones are going to be great. She's going to have made a lot of money out of that one, and Hall Ave. Exactly. And Stevie, did you interrogate that level of income at all? Because 125k is an enormous amount of money given that she wants to use the nest egg strategy where you build up your assets and gradually sell those down. And what that means is that 125k isn't like 125k that she currently earns because if you follow the nest egg strategy, you're not paying any tax on it. So 125k is in effect almost 
let's call it 200k of salaried income because she wouldn't have to pay tax under that model. You know, was 125k the right figure? Absolutely. So talking to her around what was important, for her, a few things actually. One is she's earning very well at the moment. So it's easy to say, hey, go down I'll cut down my spending when I retire. Exactly. But in reality, I mean, she was earning 220k Mm. um, and she'd worked very hard to get to that point for for many, many years. And so saying going from that to 50k is is probably not too reasonable. And then on top of that, hey, if you're wanting to travel overseas every year, if you're wanting to go on cruises, cruises were a big thing for her. it's going to be an expense. She also has two children that she really wants to help out in relation to either getting into homes or if they have children of themselves. She wants to have that money there. So it did become a lot more understandable when we teased that out. Having too much income is better than having not enough anyway. No, I think that's a good point though as well. So to point out for everybody listening at home is that though she's chosen 125k under this strategy, that's actually representative of probably slightly less than what she's currently earning because she's on a really good income. I actually think I've met this person at the Wellington Podcast event about two years ago. Amazing, yep. She was a cracker from memory. Amazing lady. How much do you think she's made off her two properties in Auckland, Stevie? I would have thought a few hundred grand at least as a finger lick in the air. Yeah, probably close to 300. Yeah. What a beautiful thing because that's going to have kicked her off on her wealth plan. She was just at a running start. You know, it's a beautiful thing because she would have got so much more growth than had even been forecast or projected at that time. So have you had an update since the initial wealth plan? Absolutely. So we've done two reviews. In an 18-month period, you can probably see that the maths there isn't quite right. But essentially, once a property settles, it's really good to have a sit down with someone, see what the new value on the property is, see what we're planning for the next step. Obviously, she still has something under construction at the moment. So we just wanted to get a little bit of a feel for how close we were to our goal there and whether we were still on track. So with the completion of that property, what we did is we also added in the one under construction. I never go off estimated value of something that's under construction. I always go off purchase price, even yes. if it was a year ago, even if we you know, very much know that the property price has gone up, still go off purchase price just to be conservative there. And what we figured out is with those two properties, we were all of a sudden 69.4% of the way to her goal. Holy moly. So because she's bought in Auckland and gone so aggressively so early, she probably only needs one other property maybe? Yeah, so we did the numbers as well. And of course, Ed, if you have met her, you'll know that this won't surprise you. She's she's fantastic. She's a firecracker. She said, well, should we increase our goal then? <laughs> That's a great answer. Yeah. Yes, is the answer. So we did play around with, what if we wanted $150,000? Yep. You know, And again, if we don't do that, if we don't achieve that, she's still going to achieve her goal. She's still yes. going to have the lifestyle that she wants. So it's 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 just quite fun when we get to this point and you've done so well and you get those rewards and we can talk about that. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point. When I work with new investors, often I'll set their plan to begin with and you want to make it realistic so it's achievable, but then there's nothing wrong with aiming for something much more aggressive and unrealistic in the future because, you know, if you get towards that, that's even better. The other thing to remember is with the nest egg strategy, we are assuming that you sell all your properties at one time, which would be madness. You'd sell them off as you need to bring in some cash. So there will be some forgiveness in the model as well. She, she probably will end up with more money than she needs. And just to explain that as well, for anybody who's new to the nest egg, what he means by that is you might come to the age of 65 with three properties, but you're only going to sell the first one first. 
and you sell your first property and hey, that's going to fund you for the first seven years of retirement. Well, by the time we get seven years into the future, you might sell your second one, but both your other properties will have increased in value likely over that period. So you sell your second one, you wait another seven or eight years, the other property's still likely increasing in value. So that's what Andrew's talking about there. Absolutely. So this was about mid last year, mid 2021. And so we sat down and we said, right, if we wanted $150,000, we need two more properties. The assumption being that they're going to be in a city that gets a 5% average growth rate over time conservatively, about $700,000-$750,000 altogether. And that would get her 95% of the way to $150,000. So then the next question was, well, how are we actually going to achieve that? Because we've still got something under construction, we now have an investment property. And so we went back to the mortgage broker and we said, what do we need to do? What strategy do we need to implement to be able to get the next property? And at that point in time, she couldn't. So that was absolutely fine. We need to come up with a plan. Now, what actually happened was seven months later, she had worked very hard. She had also received a income increase as well. And so we were in the position where we could look at the next property. So about February or March this year, we started looking for that next property. She found it yet? Yes. Ah, great. And what has she gone with this time? A townhouse in Christchurch. Awesome. So, so she's diversifying by going into a different market? Exactly. So now she's got her owner-occupied property in Wellington, two in Auckland, and she now has one under construction in Christchurch as well. That is a long way from being a single lady again and having to start afresh. Exactly. So she's really, really excited. We did an updated wealth plan again with that new property in there, and she's now on track. She may need one more property to get to her goal, but then she'll, she'll smash it. So... That's awesome. Fantastic. And and she's obviously still chipping away at her mortgage. So once that's paid off as well, she can put more money aside. Absolutely. And I just want to point out as well that this is something that's really important, especially for Wellington investors at the moment. She's investing outside of her main city. And I think a lot of Wellingtonians need to do that right now, given that the market there is so cooked. Often you've got people on really good incomes, really good government-based salaries, but needing to look outside of the Wellington property market because it is so overcooked at the moment. Absolutely. And I think just reviewing the notes and reviewing all of the conversations that we've had, it's so common for me to see and it's so normal to feel at a loss when you're almost starting over. Mm. And I think it's it's really intimidating to go into, even if you've invested in property before, you've had it with two incomes. Yes. And doing it alone and not having someone else to bounce the idea off and just sense check things I think is a lot harder. Absolutely and I think in a way that's benefited her because she's fallen back so heavily on her professionals and all of the team has been talking to each other and she's really relied on that and that is important because they know what advice is right. And that's a huge part of our process making sure that people have good professionals and that everyone talks together which sounds easier than it is but making sure that there's open lines of communication and that people are experts in their fields not just your family lawyer who maybe has never looked at a turnkey or a a build contract. Now, one other thing I want to point out is just that there are a couple of other strategies she's used here that anybody who's been listening to podcasts recently you will have picked up. So first of all, she's used the mortgage buster on her main home in order to be able to pay that down aggressively while decreasing her bank-recognised commitments. And then she's also used the earn baby earn to increase her salary, get over the line for that next property. 
Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to come in for a portfolio planning session, put together a wealth plan for yourself, you don't want to do, whip out your phone, send us a text, and text the word plan to 5522. And look, we'll be in touch to see if a portfolio planning session is the right thing for you right now. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Evan Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time. <laughs>